Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please turn in your Bibles with me this morning. Turn your Bibles with me this morning to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 10. Jeremiah chapter 1, we're going to read from 4 to 10. Talking about legacy, this is a man that understood the times that he lived in. The Bible says, and I read, Then the word of the Lord came to me. This morning, the word of the Lord will come to you. In the name of Jesus. Saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. In other words, I set you apart. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. Whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you. The Lord is with you, my friends. I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. I pray for you in the name of Jesus by faith. The hand of the Lord reaching out and touching you. Wherever you are right now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. Not that. Over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you because we have sung it as a song this morning. That your presence is heaven to us. Lord, we ask that we saturate this atmosphere. Touch the lives of every hearer right now. Everyone connected to me. Everyone hearing this message. Now or even hereafter. Lord, that we will never remain the same. I ask you, O God, that as this word go forth, let your word touch our mouth. Touch our tongue. Transform us. Cleanse us. And equip us. And reposition us. Accurately. And Lord that we may be a mouthpiece of God. Changing things. And transforming the face of this earth. For the glory of our God. Thank you Father. As I minister your word today. I ask oh Lord. That you will enable me to minister your word with power. With accuracy. Profoundly. That Lord there shall be no hindrance to that which goes forth. I bind every spirit of destruction. Lord, wherever people are listening to me this morning, I declare, Lord, the atmosphere for miracle. To be present with them. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for testimonies and change lives. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Well, this morning, I bring God's word to you, which is titled, You Can Change Your World. Why don't you just tell your neighbor, tell your child, tell your husband, tell whoever is with you. You can change your world. Hallelujah. Now listen, friends. If Satan had thought that this recent pandemic would actually weaken the church, he has got himself goofed. 
If you have thought that what's going on will weaken the church in any way, do you know something what I found out? Not only our church, many churches I know are more fired up. Many Christians I know are more fired up. The devil has lost again. And remember the Bible said, if he had only known that by crucifying the son of glory, that that's actually what's going to be his own doom, he wouldn't have done it. That's exactly what's happening right now. There's absolutely nothing that can happen on earth against the church that is not either God permitted or God directed. That's the thing you should understand. The fact that we didn't know does not mean God didn't know. And God has said in his word that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So that's for you to know, my friends, that God has set up the church in a stronger way. I believe, carefully, I believe that in this second coming of the church, the church must be a church with tremendous imagination. Please note that word. Tremendous imagination. Because there are cities to take. There are giants to kill. And we are city changers. We are city takers. We are people who are changing our world. Whether we are old or young, young at heart, God has work for us to do. So this is a time that many things that we know in theory, things that we knew before now, this is a time we're going to have to see them working out through us. This is a time for practical living. This is a time that pioneering vision will have to become empowering vision. An empowering vision will become a missionary vision. This is no longer time. As the church comes into this new, new day, this is not a time that a believer will think church is about a place I go to. I sit down. Somebody preaches to me and then I just go home and forget about church for another one week. No, 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 no. This is a time that a believer himself recognizes the fact that before I was formed, before I was born, God gave me an assignment. When we come together in church, either you are hearing through this medium or you come physically, it's a time of refilling. We have always had this, but we've not done it very well. When we wake up in the morning, we go out, whether we walk from home or we go out, this is a time for us to know that every platform that God places me is a pulpit. That's for us to understand that in this second coming of the church, we have called ourselves kings and priests unto our God before now. But this is a time that we have to leave it. This is a time we are at home. We will understand that our living room is church. That's why we will not do any kind of things that doesn't glorify God. That's why we will know that the devices on our hand is a vessel to preach the gospel. You understand that now? So you see that God is bringing, he said the whole world will be filled with the knowledge of his glory. You cannot box the church anymore. You cannot think church is what I do on Sundays. No, it's a thing you do when you do it wherever you are. We can't stop it anymore. We can't stop it anymore. We have to come out with a people of imagination. If there is a thing that the people who are young at heart or the people who are young today should understand in this new season, it's about imagination and creativity. Imagination and creativity. So what is imagination? Imagination, my friend, is the faculty of action, of forming new ideas. Forming new images and concepts. It's the ability of the mind to be creative or resourceful. 
I pray for your imagination to be activated today as you are hearing the word of God. I pray that in the name of Jesus, a new grace will come upon you. That you will tap into things that existed before now, but you didn't know it was there. In Jesus' name. It's very important for us to understand that imagination is the aspect of God. You know, when he created man, he said, let us make man in our own image. It is image. And at the beginning of everything, there were three benevolent beings. At the beginning of creation, we have God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Very important. It was the Father that spoke. The Bible said in the beginning, God. The Holy Spirit energized our creativity. And the Holy Spirit overed over the waters. So when we talk about creativity, we are talking about the divine creativity. When God the Father on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and the Word of God, God the Son, the Word of God is quickened on the inside. The Bible said in Job chapter 32 verse 8, it said, but there is a spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. May you receive an understanding in Jesus' name. Understanding of what we should do at this time. Understanding of what your family should be doing at this time. Understanding of what you should do as a student at this time. Undergraduate at this time. Understanding of what your team must do at work. There are people listening to me right now. That the future of your company is right in your hands. When everybody is thinking that everything is going down. You are going to wake up in the middle of the night. Come out with an idea. And you are going to execute it in the morning time. That's what is about to happen. You are not allowed to moan and complain like everybody else. You are not allowed to say, oh no, COVID has shut us down. Minus you. Because there is a mark of God upon your life. You must understand that's who you are. Because you have this grace. So, as we look at these subjects, we say the God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 59 verse 21. Isaiah 59 verse 21. He says, as for me, saith the Lord, this is my covenant with them. I want you to understand there is a covenant of God with you. That's why you cannot fail. That's why you are not dying with this thing. That's why this thing will not take you out. There is a word with you which you carry in your spirit. New songs are coming out of you. New books are still to be written by you. When this situation is over, some of you will understand you have been moved Hallelujah. I remember the first week I preached on the fact that the Noah's Ark rested on Mount Ararat. That's where you're going to be, above the water level. You are going to be rising in the name of Jesus. As for me, said the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth. Notice that. The spirit is upon you. The word is in your mouth. They shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants. You see legacy. Generation upon generation. Now from the mouth of your descendants, descendants. He said it will not depart from your mouth, from the mouth of your children, or from the mouth of your children, children. Say the Lord, from this time and forevermore. Imagination. Now friends, imagination and creativity, they are not exclusive to God's children. Not at all. 
In fact, Satan and all his hosts, they also have the same thing. They have the same capacity, imagination, and creativity. That's why it's so, it's so sad sometimes. And God, look at the church, what we should be doing. Many times, it seems like the church is always coming last. The children of this, of this, of this generation, children of God, sometimes we are slow to imagine, to put into action the grace that's on the inside of us. So you see, if your imagination is evil, it will only produce evil things. That's why some people can sit down and they can create very, very serious fake news. They can create a thing that you will look at and it looks like the whole world is doomed. You should sit down and create something that will give the world hope. You see that? Somebody can create, can sit down and create something that will destroy people. But you should sit down and design something that will give life to people. He said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, but I am come to. It is not a secret that one of the roots, of the, the, the root of COVID-19 was as a, as a thing that happened from a particular laboratory. Okay, now watch it. They were not designing something that was good. Whatever was behind the project, that's part of, you know, this end time, uh, end time war, war plans. Some kind of ideas that can lead to mass destruction. Now, I don't know what is the basis of it, but it is not about giving life. Biological weapons are not new in this world. Now, some people sit down to design that. While right now, the world is looking for cure to it. So, you see, why we can have creativity on the evil side, we have on the good side. I pray for you today. You will be an answer to your generation. You will be a solution to mankind in the name of Jesus. When you step into the space, they will know, well, there was a problem before you came. But now we are hopeful. Now that you are here, something is about to happen. I want to know that in your time, the church of God will shine in your community. The church of God will shine in your household in the name of Jesus. When we talk about imagination, you know the first time the word occurred in the Bible, it was for negative thing. That's why we started from Satan too. In Genesis 11, the people sat down and they imagined. They planned to build a tower to go up to heavens. And God said, these people, no matter how they are one together, nothing they imagine would become impossible for them. Nothing they imagine will become impossible for them. Every day while we sleep and we wake up, Satan is stepping up the wall of imagination. He's stepping it up. He's raising the standard of, of terrible things every day. So my question to you, friends, what should we be stepping up in this season? I believe God has given us opportunity through this situation for the church to catch up on some lost grounds. I believe that. There are places the gospel was not open to before. This is a time for us. There are things you couldn't do before. This is a time for us to do it. Listen. There are things you couldn't face publicly before. But now everybody says call upon your God. So you see why the devil thought he had a plan. I see opportunity everywhere in the name of Jesus. This is really getting wonderful. Getting really great. Amen. Now, I don't have to tell you that we're in a new season. That this is a season of change. Every child knows that. 
But here is a point. I want to make about five quick points on that. See, what you call change to someone is their familiar territory. There are things you are experiencing now that somebody has been experiencing it before. For example, the whole world, faith organizations, whether it's a mosque or it's a church, everybody is preaching out on the internet. But do you know, there are many organizations who all they did before, churches, all they had before was just online presence. So for some of us, this is all we have now. But for some people, They've been doing that a long, long time ago. It's not a change for them. But for you, it's a change. Now, that's the interesting thing about change. You can move into a new community. For you, it's a change. For the people you met there, it was not a change. So why we talk about change? Change, my dear friends, it's not mere knowledge. Change is experiential. You can know about change. We have always known about churches that are, we've always been live streaming, okay? But we've always known that businesses can run online. We've always known that churches can run online, but we've not experienced it. We've not had naming ceremonies online. The other day, I was part of an organization that did that, that conducted a funeral online. Online. So now there's nothing you cannot do online. But some people knew that before now. So knowing about something does not mean you're experiencing it. Now I'm taking you somewhere. While we know now that this is a time of new normal, and everybody says that the season we are in now demands new normal. My question to you, have you made the necessary adjustments for the new normal in your life? Just to give you an example. Now many people know now it's church time. You're listening to me. This is church time. There are people who are five hours behind us listening to me right now. Some are seven hours behind us listening to me right now. From Canada. Watch this. There are people who are ahead of us listening to me right now. In the Middle East. They have adjusted their time so they can be in church now. You know this is a new normal for this season. Have you done the right thing? Are you in bed? Is that your new normal? If it's a new normal, you know, it's church time. You know, I need to be ready to receive the word of God. I need to have expectation because the word of God is coming. It's church time. I need to sit up right now. Thank God you are sitting up right now. You are making adjustment. That's what new normal is about. When you know it's a new normal, it's a new time. I'm going to church. I'm going to receive the word of God. You block off things. You shut down things. You prepare yourself. You say it's a time for, I thank God for families that sit down in the time for their new normal. And they sit down. It's church time. The whole family will sit down and watch the word of God. That's new normal. New normal is not, oh well, church is online. You know, I don't need to go. I'll wake up at 11. Wake up at 12. God does not cease to be God because your time has changed. In all times and seasons, God is still God. He's still God. When this crisis is over, the question you need to ask yourself, my friend, is will I actually have a head start or will I need a jump start? It's important. How you answer that question depends on what you do during this season. Your business, where would you put it at that time? A woman was speaking the other day to my wife, said that I have shut down, I shut down my shop because of the situation. Everybody shut down. I brought my stuff home. But one day I woke up and I said, why are my goods logged in? I started selling my goods online. 
I sold off everything online. A friend of hers was waiting for the shop to be opened. You see that? When this season is over, what would you do? There are people who are taking on new courses right now. There are people who are, they are using this period to, re, to retrain themselves. That shows you are thinking about the new normal and you are making use of it. Effective, my dear friends, we cannot understand the season that we are in without a conscious application or a discovery of the change required. To understand the season, we have to understand the chain required. What is the chain required of me as a Christian at this time? What is the chain required of me as a pastor at this time? What is the chain required of me as a team leader at this time? Knowing it's time for change does not mean you have changed. I find God for various departments in our church. We have a powerful team, different teams. The task force, they, they're continually thinking about how we have to be ahead of the change. Uh, the different team department, the media, you know, the, the CMC, all kind of people, the, the, the choir. You saw the worship today. They are ahead of the change. They are working on the change. My question to you as a believer, are you ahead of your change? What changes are you making? What effort are you putting in your career, in your work? It's not about, oh, I'm going to pick all this when I get back to church. No, this is church. For this time, this is church. And every single day, you must shine in the firmament of your king. In the name of Jesus. Effective introduction of change will require you, my dear friends, to allow God to dig down into your life. Dig down into some root. There are some things that you have to allow God to dig. As the word of God is coming out, you must allow it to dig you. Amen. Say, God, dig me. You see, there are some digging that you can use the shovel to do. The shovel can just dig on the surface. Can just dig. When the habits are not too deep-rooted, you just, you just clear them. Because there are some things that are hindering change in our lives. But my dear friends, there are some, there are some things in our lives that we need a digger. We need to dig down and dig down so that we can get to the root. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus that you will continue to allow God. The word of God as it's coming today will dig down until it gets to the rock. When there is a digging until it gets to the rock, then the change can come. You cannot afford just to assume we are going to plant a new thing without digging. There will not be room for the roots to grow down. So in this time we are talking about change. To actually change my world, there are certain things that I need. When you are digging, you might not feel comfortable. While God is digging your life, you might not enjoy it. He might feel unnatural. He might feel discomforting because there is a digging going on. I want you to understand. Yes, there is a digging going on. You know, if you have to go through, everybody understand what it means to have a party to enjoy themselves. But if the change, the time for change has come, you have to understand I must make adjustments. Everything we had in a particular way at a particular time, that's because that's how we knew it. But if change demands this, you have to adjust. You have to make necessary changes. As the word of God is coming to you right now, the change you need is to shut down distractions. The change you need is to say, I'm in church. Just like you will not get in church and be picking up phone calls. If you are in church, where you are, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be cooking and going to the kitchen and say, hey, what did I miss? No. You are in church. You are hearing the word of God. He's coming to you live. Are you with me now? That's how to grow because faith comes by hearing. 
hearing by the word of God. I pray that you will, re- you will be a people who can know what you should do in your time. There are a few things I want to list out for us. Seven things I have listed. Amen. Seven things that require digging. Hallelujah. And you ask yourself, are these areas of my life well dug? The first one is attitude. How is your attitude? Your attitude to praise? Your attitude to thanksgiving? Your attitude to life generally? You know, last week we were talking about how Joshua and his team, how to bring down the walls of Jericho. And what was required, we talked about the fact that they went around Jericho walls six times, for for six days, they went around once every day. Once every day. Now on the seventh day, they went around seven times. Do you know each day they went out? They went around the walls of Jericho every day. They went back to the camp. Nothing changed. If you were with that team, if you've done something for two days, three days, you went around the walls, nothing changed. You'll be asking yourself, what is the point of going the third day? What is the point of going the fourth day? Why do I need to worry myself? Now on the seventh day, they went round. Round one, round two, seven times. As if that's not bad enough. They had to shout for praise on the seventh occasion. And the Bible said they did. What a great attitude. My dear friend, what's your attitude to praise? What's your attitude to obedience? What's your attitude to obeying the leaders that God has placed over you? Attitude is important. No matter how many degrees you have, your attitude will determine the end. There are many people who are qualified for a job, but they have a very bad attitude. They went for an interview, but the attitude was not what it required. What is your attitude saying to you? What's the attitude? Your thinking makes you see differently every time. It's part of your attitude. How are you looking at this thing? What's the perception that you're having? If you see everything as a problem, then, my dear friend, you, it will remain a problem. I can't keep on going around. I can't keep on doing this. I can't keep on doing Look at what COVID-19 has done to my life. Look at this. In, you know, your attitude to this season. Your attitude. What is your attitude? There is a need for digging. You need to use this opportunity to make a reset. Allow God to dig you. Allow God to do something in your life. Your attitude, my friend, is the product of your belief in the God that does not change in a changing time. Your attitude towards God, that God can do it, that God is still God, that in all situations, I believe my God is still alive. I believe my God will do it. I believe he's still a winner. Hallelujah. What's your attitude? Your attitude, while I'm waiting, I will still rejoice. What's your attitude? If you want to win, want to change your world, it begins with your attitude. It begins with you knowing fully well that I don't just believe it's a time of new normal. I am part of the answer for the new normal. I am, see, many people believe that it's a time for change. It's a change season. But you really believe that you are part of the people to bring about the change. That's the thing. You believe that it's a time for change, no doubt. But you see yourself as an answer for change. Some people would rather wait for the change to catch them. I'm waiting for the change. Who will bring the change my way? No, you are the answer to your generation. Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. 
I ordained you. I sanctified you. I called you a prophet to the nation. You can't sit by and wait. I thank God for many people in HCC. Every single day they are thinking about, okay, what can we do? What can we make this better? Every time I have a brainwave in the night, I just send message to certain people. I want to see this. I want, can we do this? Go and work on it. They come back to me and say, Pastor, yes, we can do it. I love that. People see the change. They don't know how it happened. I like that. You can make a change. See, many people just see things happening, but they don't want to. How can I make a change? In your community, how can you be an answer? Don't sit around. Something the footballers say, say, don't wait for the ball. Go for the ball. <laughs> don't just wait for it. Pass the ball now. Keep on running. Keep on being present. Keep on making a change because the ball is coming. You are part of the solution. An individual who approaches life with a positive angle is truly a person who is above limits. You are above limits. A positive attitude, my friend, is one of the most valuable assets you can ever have. You might not have money, but you have a right attitude. You are rich. There are people who have got money, who have got great houses, beautiful things, beautiful car, wonderful family, but they have a bad attitude. They don't appreciate it. They don't see God in it. They say, this useless house, this useless wife, these children, they are not, they are not even, I don't even know why I have these children, this useless job. But you know what? When you have the right attitude, even when you don't have anything, <laughs> you have all things. I pray for you grace to come upon you today. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord touch your tongue. May he touch you on the inside. May he beautify you from within. In the name of Jesus. Very important. Positive people, they create an invisible force that allows everyone in the group to plug into God. When you have the right attitude, people around you can plug into God because of your presence. Because you say, I know it's going to happen. I know we can do this. I like to surround myself with people like me who can be positive about things. With can-do people. I don't believe something cannot be done. I don't believe it. Once I see, I want to experience that change. I want to continually see how to improve on myself. That's who you should be. That's the attitude that will win. My friend, the church of the second coming cannot be the same old church. Oh, this is how we've been doing it before. I don't want to hear that. Get out of the way. Put somebody else who can believe, who can do. That's where we are. Because the world is changing fast. We must change faster. That's where it should be. It's not about, oh, you know, I'm a lad. I, do you know what it means? But I'm a lad. Okay, I'm going to get there in a minute. Very important. A person with the right attitude possesses a teachability spirit. Now, this is very important. Oh, pastor, I have a right attitude. Really? This is how you will know. Do you have a teachability spirit? Can you learn from other people? Are you open to ideas? Are you open to corrections? Are you open to improvements? People say to you that what you've done is okay, but you know what? You can do it better. You don't get, a, you don't get an attitude. You don't put up a feeling. Mm, after all I've done, they didn't appreciate my effort. No, really. No, really. You sang the song. It's great. But we are saying you can do better. You have done the work. You can do better. Thank God for the presentation, for the proposal you submitted. I know you worked for hours. But go back and rework it. Can you allow God or people 
to correct you, to speak into your situation. People with the right attitude, right attitude, they are not too big to borrow an idea. You can borrow an idea. You can see that this works somewhere. I can work on this. this. This is an idea. You are not too big to say, you know what? Teach me. Right attitude. I've got seven points here. Let me give us just one more. I'll continue another day. Curiosity. If you are going to change your world, you have to be curious. You have to be curious. Be a person who is continually asking the question. There must be a better way to do this. There must be a better way to do this. There must be a person who is looking, who is searching. How else can I do it? That's, people who work with me know that. <laughs> Where you thought you have done your best, I still want to, hey, can we still do this? Can we still repackage this? How else can we still take this to the next level? You know, Moses was a leader who changed his world. And he was a man who was curious. In Exodus chapter 3, the Bible tells us from 1 to 3, he was on his normal day routine, taking out his father-in-law's flock. And then he saw the fire. And Moses, he said, I will turn aside. Will you turn aside? Are you curious about the fire? Many people are not curious. They go to their place of work. They don't even know the name of the person sitting opposite them. You see, see, see that individual, they've changed what they're wearing and they're doing a particular way. They've changed a particular thing. You're not even curious. Why did you relocate your chair? Or why did they move that thing over there? Are you curious? Why did the company change this approach? Are you curious? If you're going to change your world, you must be curious. Curious about why is the government doing this? Why is this relevant? Unless you are curious, you can't change your world. Because it means you are walking with your eyes closed. Be curious. Be curious. Very important. Very important. You must be a person who understands that the things that God has given to you, yes, he's given it to you, but there's a lot more he has given to you that you do not know. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 25 verse 2, it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search out a matter. Until you are curious, you don't search out anything. You don't discover any new thing. You must be curious. How does this machine work? If somebody says to you that, okay, you know, this thing, it goes off at this particular time. Ask yourself, why does it go off? Ask questions of that thing. One of the ways I started, I learned very early in my work with the Lord of learning the Bible is I'm curious about Bible passages. So I will ask the passage a question. Hmm, why did you do that? Why did God say that? I ask questions. Be curious. When you are curious, you will, you will find answers. He said, ask and you shall receive. Be curious. Don't just take, don't be a taker. When you are curious, God will begin to show you the wisdom behind issues. Be curious. Let me give us one more. Very important. Thinking capacity. If you are going to change your world, you must increase your thinking capacity. You know, if there is a thing that actually has affected the people of the, of the minority group, our black and Asian community, particularly black folks, is we don't stretch our thinking capacity. We don't bother to think about many issues. 
we limit ourselves to what is obvious. We don't question things. We just accept it on the surface. We must be a people who constantly stretch our imagination. We must stretch. What did I say? Stretch our imagination. Many folks just, I know, I tell my children, or my son particularly, when you watch all these films you watch, in what way do they stretch your imagination? You can watch something. When I'm watching a film, sometimes I'm not seeing the film. I'm seeing scripture sometimes. I'm thinking in my mind, how does this one, how does this one, con- uh, how does this one contradict the scripture? How can this one be an error? Or how does this one actually validate a truth that I know? You got to be a person that can stretch your imagination in the right way. Because that's the mind style of God. Very important. When you can stretch your imagination, then ordinary things which you see will become a prop towards your purpose. You know, when you look at Joseph, the Bible said Joseph, when his family came to join him, the king asked him, look for the choice part of the land. Said to them there. Now guess what Joseph did? Joseph chose Goshen. How did he know about Goshen? He was a foreigner. But Joseph could have known about, Joseph, about Goshen because when the king appointed him, the Bible said he left the presence of the king. He went around the whole country. What was he doing? I told us he was not taking pictures. He was observing. And I would have said to you, during those periods, he had seen places that if I could use some things, I know about this place. Many people travel, but they don't learn. Do you know one of the benefits of going on holidays is to learn? It's not just to go sleep, swim in ocean, and come back. Learn new cultures. Transfer things into your space. When you're a person who can think, you are thinking about how this can become useful. My dear friends, the experiences of life you have had, think about how they are part of your purpose. Don't just look at the pains. Don't waste your pains. Use your experiences that you have gained. The pains of your life. Transfer them into a thinking platform. Very important. To change your world, think. The best things you see around us today, somebody was thinking. Somebody will think about how a phone can become a laptop at the same time, can become everything. Put everything in one box. Somebody thought about that. Are you thinking? Are you thinking about how the church of God today can be relevant in your place of work? In your place of work. Because that's where we have come to now. You have brought the kingdom into the marketplace. That's the new church. Are you thinking about how you can be relevant in that area? Listen to me. People might not read the Bible, they will read you. So think about how your lifestyle will become a gospel. Think about things around you can provoke a question that will use the question to be able to speak the gospel. Think. 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 When you're having that work meeting or whatever that thing is, think about what you are wearing. How what you are wearing, which will not necessarily distract anybody, but will make somebody who is curious to say, you know what? I noticed that thing on you. Think. Nothing just happened. You have to intentionally push the gospel. Think. 
This is a season of thinkers. This is a season. Listen, COVID-19 didn't happen as a mistake. Somebody taught it. So we have to think the solution. We have to think the gospel. We have to think about the change. I'm looking at the time and I think I still have time for one more. Think. One last one for today. Flexibility. Flexibility. If you're going to change your world, you have to be flexible. One of the things we're seeing today in today's church, we're flexible. The world has gone on flexibility mode. <laughs> if you are not flexible, you'll be left behind. But there are people complaining about flexibility. There are people who don't understand how that can happen. No, I won't do it until the, the COVID-19 is over. No, I can't do that. Really? The world is moving. Be flexible. A lady celebrated her 50th birthday the other day. She said, you know what? I can't gather my friends together. I'm going to have 50 praise songs online. Do something new. Do something crazy for God. Flexibility. Have an alternative approach to every old problem. Many people feel this is the way we've done it. So this is the way we can do it. Be flexible. Be flexible. So if we can't get into the church building, what happens? Be flexible. Be flexible. Flexibility is the way, my dear friends, this week you will pick up your business again. You have been wondering, oh, I can't do anything. No, you can't do something for where you are. You can't. I guarantee you, you can. There are people that wage war against nations from behind the prison cell. How do they do it? Be flexible. If they can do evil things, you can do good things. You are free. Flexibility is important. Don't say you can't do it. You know the prophet Jeremiah? He was feeling that, well, until I grow old, until somebody appoints me, until this, God says, shut up. Don't say you can't do this. I am God. I have chosen you. I have ordained you before you were formed. And I chose you to speak my word. Be flexible how you go. He said to whoever I send you, which means God was going to send him to unconventional people. Whoever, whenever. Be flexible. Be flexible about preaching the gospel. Be flexible about the way you go about it. Be flexible. This morning, I want you to understand as we round up praying for you. I want you to just receive because I want to pray for some mind to be activated today in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Isaiah 43 verse 19. The Bible says in verse 19, says, Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make the road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I prophesy a season of new things over you. In the name of Jesus, new ideas over you. New ways over you. New breakthroughs over you. New understanding over you. He said, behold, I do a new thing. This is a season of new thing. It will spring forth, I pray. In the name of Jesus, your star will shine forth. Your glory of the Lord upon your life will become visible in this season. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you that the oil of God will fall afresh on you. In Jesus' name. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. New favors. New favors in Jesus' name. New perception in the spirit. As you stretch the dimension of the spirit on the inside of you, receive the power for grace in Jesus' name. I pray that you will conceive it. New things will be conceived in your mind. I pray for the capacity to receive it. 
capacity to deliver it in the name of Jesus. Receive that grace right now. May doors of new season open unto you. Every problem you see all around you, problem is a setup for revelation of solution. I pray in Jesus' name, you will come forth with solutions in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that God Almighty, who spoke into the womb of a young lady, and he says that you will receive the power of God will come upon you, and you will conceive of the Holy Ghost. I pray that what God has said unto you this morning will become fulfilled. It will become manifested in Jesus' name. It was the word of the Lord that says in Luke one forty-five. He said, "Blessed is she who believed what was promised unto her, for there shall be a fulfillment." I said, "There shall be a fulfillment this morning." Fulfillment of everything you have heard. Fulfillment of the grace for new attitude. Fulfillment of curiosity grace to come upon you. Ability to see things around your own house. Things that are there. You didn't know how it worked before. You begin to see it right now in the name of Jesus. Flexibility. You begin to meander. You begin to go through what used to be a hindrance in the name of Jesus. Receive capacity to think better. Capacity to think higher. Outthink your enemies in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, it is well with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive that power in Jesus' name. Receive that dimension. Receive the fulfillment and the manifestation of God's glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you are listening to me this morning, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to understand that it begins, remember, with these three benevolent beings. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ said, Behold, I stand by the door and I knock. He wants to come into your heart because unless you have his mind, you cannot conceive his, his things. So this morning, you want to say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. You know, I received a text last Sunday. A, a father said, the text to me said, My son, who I've been trying to give his life. He said he, he did, Pastor. He did. Please understand two weeks ago. I want you to receive just right now. Don't say, you know, I am at home or wherever. You are in the presence of God. I want you to understand this morning that I say, Father, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all the things I have done. I give my life to you. And from now and forever, I will live for you. Let your spirit abide in me, that I may serve you all the days of my life. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your glory. Fill me with your power. Fill me with understanding and the grace for me to stand in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.